HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. And my name is Souther Teague. Hey, Souther. How you doing, buddy? I'm very well. How are you? I'm a little shaky today. How come? I just <laughs> went out a little bit last night. Oh. Went to the Nets Thunder game. <laughs> and, awesome. Uh, and checked out some spots. Here, this will make you feel better. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Let's have a beer. <laughs> cool. Um, Nets yeah. Thunder. Who won? Thunder. Oh, okay. My team. All right. All right. They won. It was like 122 to like 100. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but anyway. That's a blowout. Going, you know, drinking drinking a lot of gin and tonics in the Barclays Center. Uh, how was Barclays? Was it, was it packed? It snowed, it was here. Actually, it snowed here in New York, so there was a lot, of, a lot of people afraid to go out last night, apparently. Yeah, it was actually, you know, like this was supposed to be like the blizzard of the century or whatever, but it wasn't, man, it wasn't shit, especially compared to last year's. You know, I really think that we should figure out some way to put sanctions on the... Uh, on the on the weather media, seriously, they always overestimate. They they they. It's a lot of hyperbole. They scare people. They they slow down business. Yep, I went to Sweet Polly before that. They were making uh, snow cone cocktails with snow. Uh, hopefully not out of the real snow. No, it's the fresh stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever, man. It's got a booze in it, so it'll kill anything that's in there. Agreed. You just don't use the yellow snow. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Enough of that talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, buddy. Uh, yeah, you too. So who do we have in the studio today? We got uh, our good friend Joe Riggs, who is new to New York, right? Uh, eight months. Eight months. All right, yeah, that's not so new like, anymore. Seems like you've been here longer than that, man. Well, he was here all the Maybe time. Maybe I just see you all the time. Well, I was covering the whole country out yeah. of Kentucky, so on a flight every other day. But Co- Covering the country for? For Redemption Whiskies. Yeah. Cool. Joe works for Redemption. 
Yeah, sure does. Delicious juice. We carry it. Yeah, you do. Make cocktails with that stuff. Uh, so you were covering the whole country. Now you live in New York, but you don't cover the whole country anymore. So the brand has grown. The team has grown. We've got really great people in the Midwest and West Coast, and uh, I cover the East Coast based in New York now. Cool. This Okay, so Redemption's how old now? So the brand launched in 2010 by uh, Dave Schmier and Michael Canbar, and uh, they wanted to redeem the rye whiskey category because it had been uh, somewhat forgotten since its prominence before Prohibition in early America. And, you know, they thought that the history of the uh, spirit was great. You know, George Washington made rye whiskey, and a lot of the classic cocktails were like based he, with rye whiskey. Like most. And, uh, yeah. If it, it, it was it, a whiskey cocktail, it was rye whiskey, right? Most, if it was distilled in the United States, exactly. early United States, yeah, it was more than likely a rye-based spirit. Um, from there, we, much like America, we branched into bourbon, and then we also started releasing cash strength expressions, some of which are older than the brand. Um, wow. Cool. Um, first thing I noticed the, is that your packaging has changed. Well, you yes. got some bottles <laughs> sitting right here on the bar on the table. Yeah, we we have. Mm. Uh, Gone to a proprietary glass, and uh, we took in a lot of input from both bartenders and consumers. And the old package was great; it was a really thin profile. Yeah, really it was. Well. It was a, a, a kind of like a standard like vodka bottle, right? It was a stock 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 mold, or it was a stock mold. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys, I mean, it was it was real slender. I mean, yeah, it looks like it was a thin and tall and round. Yeah, yeah it was just just um, a plain bottle. These, look, these have a little bit more distinction yeah, to them. Yeah, it looks more like a whiskey bottle. It, it looks more like a whiskey bottle, and um, we're able to have individual glass for the brand and kind of tell our story a little bit more clearly yeah. on the front of the package. And uh, then we also have, you know, some key points, you know, speed pour fits. There's a mm -hmm. lip on the bottle so you can pick it up from two fingers from a well. It sits sideways, hugs up next to round bottles. Great flask shape on it. Yeah, put this right in my pocket. Yeah, <laughs> or your well or cocktail list, you know. <laughs> I'm going to take a photo real, real fast and post it up on Creative Drunk oh, yeah. Instagram if you guys want to see the new bottle. I hadn't seen it myself yet. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Cool, man. So, so it's been seven years. You started with the rye. The bourbon came shortly after that. It was like a couple of years later, right? Something like that. Yeah, so the original, the founders, they started really... Um, it was a real rock and roll story, man. I mean, they, they really they wanted to find uh, expressions of whiskey that may have been uh, you know older or harder to find individual barrels, and they wanted to bottle those. So they went to every distillery in the Kentucky region and were looking at what was available because at the time, American whiskey wasn't where it is today. Yeah. So um, you could go into a distillery and, and say, I want a menu. And they would just give you yeah. a list of barrels that were available. Um, what they found is that MGP makes excellent. <laughs> I want that whiskey. menu. <laughs> well, I'll take the, the whole left side of the menu, please. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a thing anymore, unfortunately, right. because <laughs> of the demand. But what they found was MGP makes excellent rye whiskey, and cool. they felt as though there was more opportunity to work with that, and uh, thus they created Redemption Rye, and Dave was able to blend. Younger and older rye whiskeys from MGP and bottle them at 92 proof. And the, the goal was balance. So we wanted to be approachable, neater on the rocks, but also able to stand up to cocktails. And I, I think we've nailed that. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely plays well in cocktails. Um, 
the proof? What, what's is that just something that you just landed on after tasting? I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I was uh, I came into the company in 2012, so I wasn't exactly in the room, um, but I know that they certainly did tastings and they've just has had his fair share of whiskey and used to bartend and yeah, they just landed on that proof. I mean, it's a good proof. It's it's got the right right amount of kick to it to where it stands up in a cocktail. So yeah, so. What were you doing before Redemption? Uh, so I was... Um, You're living in Louisville, right? Yeah, I was pretending to be a star tender. Um, <laughs> no, I... Aren't we all? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I started in the hospitality industry when I was 11. My, uh, my mom worked in restaurants, managed restaurants, and bartended, and I would roll silverware for 10 cents a piece to kind of just hang out with mom and Man, then also crafty. make some extra money. Um, but mostly I was great. bored when mom couldn't get off and we didn't have a sitter. So uh, I would make some money while at it. And then uh, <laughs> That's I, great, man. I ended up uh, started hosting there at 16 years old. I was managing about 20 of $3 million restaurant and um, got into bartending a year after that. And was fortunate enough to cheat my way through some cocktail contests and got a <laughs> few press write-ups about cocktails and then i got to where i was consulting and writing cocktails and building bar programs and you know the whole nine blueprints and all that so wow cool man so you're a lifer yeah no <laughs> it's been my whole life and um i tried to go to school for a while <laughs> studied philosophy and did the whole thing was going to go to law school and the bartending thing took off and i thought i might just have more fun doing this well yeah man I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is the funnest job ever. Yeah, now I just uh, am the envy of lawyers because they're like, you get to travel and drink and hang out and make cocktails. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> you both go to conventions, but it's certainly different, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, you we both uh, have to study for the bar. Hey! <laughs> Damon always coming through with the puns. Shit. Um, <clears throat> this beer is making me feel better, but we should probably start trying some of this whiskey. Yeah, um, uh, I'm going to crack the, this one. Open. This is just the, the straight. This is the label, flagship right? ride. This is what the brand was built on. This is what we're known the for. Photo I just posted. Um, so 92 proof. This is a blend of whiskeys from 18 months up to six years. Ooh, smells all delightful. distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Do you guys know much about that facility? No, no, not at all. Actually, so it's actually a really cool, cool place. But it's not set up for tourism, so not a lot of people get to go there. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1847. And the still is a seven-story column. It's a massive plant. And they produce uh, whiskeys, gins, neutral green spirit, vodkas. Um, it was built. It was bought by the Seagram's Corporation in 1933. And they then um, kind of catered the facility to be able to produce rye very efficiently, but also other spirits. And uh, if you talk to distillers in the United States, Seagram's really set the the R&D standard yep. in the, the mid-1900s. So uh, incredible facility. It, it's not pretty. You know, it's very industrial. Um, it kind of looks, if you've ever been to the Booker No plant, and it looks, or driven by it. Sure. Not, not Booker very, No, uh, the Boston plant, which I think is. But. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's the non-romanticized version. Right. There, right. There's no visitor like, center. Exactly. All the stories <laughs> we go to these days are like, it's so romantic and poetic and beautiful. I love seeing the, the like actual industrial. The brass tacks, man. Went to, uh, last year about this time, I went to Martinique and Guadeloupe and went to the Demo So. That's right. 
rum distillery, you would never know that was a distillery. By if like if if your experience with distilleries is going to like Maker's Mark or Woodford Reserve, yeah, like I got to dip my own bottle. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not a thing that never happened. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't. You can't. It's unrecognizable as a still. Just put it that way. It just looks like a series of pipes and like just thrown together. So I love that shit, man. I do too. You know, I think it's. Uh, um, I mean, it's great that we romanticize that stuff, of course. Um, certainly makes for a, a fun experience to go and visit those places, and you feel like you're like connected in some way. But at, at the same time, you know that that's just kind of a front. Like they're putting that up there for you to see, but in the back is where the real action's happening. So we've been, uh, you know, we try to be as open about the realities of everything um, with Redemption. So we've been open about whiskey coming from MGP, and um, yeah. fortunate to be able to to select barrels from there and control blending. In case people don't know, MGP is? Uh, MGP is the owner of the facility in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, the, the distillery that has since changed hands from Seagram's and others. Gotcha. Um, cool, man. They won uh, Distiller of the Year 2015 Whiskey Advocate. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're no joke. Yeah. And they're and we, producing a lot. And, uh, and I think that's what makes you, you know, oftentimes that's what makes you better at something. You know, people come into the bar all the time, why is your... Old fashioned, so much better than mine. I'm like, well, because I've literally made 300 tonight, and I do that every night. So <laughs> it's a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, what you pouring there now, man? I'm just pouring them to get them ready for us to drink. But Joe can tell us what they are. So I uh, I, I reached into the uh, archives today and brought back some things. And we have three mash bills that we work with, but I knew that we didn't have time to taste 15 whiskeys, so um, I brought what I thought was the well, best. Which, what, do you, what do you mean? Time. Yeah. We can make At time. least on the radio, but I know, gotcha. I know where to find you guys. Um, so we have each of the mash bills at cast strength and then also the uh, proprietary cool. flagship product. So um, the mash bills we work with are, are all fairly high in rye content. We do distinguish one as a high rye bourbon. So it's two bourbons and a rye. One is uh, 75% corn, 21 rye, 4 barley. That's the green label there that you have. So, And then the, the high rye bourbon is actually 36% rye. What do you think about that that first one I poured, Damon? I like it. I love this stuff, man. You, you, got it, you have it on your bar, right? Yeah. Do you have the new bottle? I do not yet. Not yet? How, yeah. When did that, that bottle come out? They've only been shipping for... A month or two. Yeah, so just haven't trickled yeah. down yet. Yeah. Probably a lot of wear, a lot of stock to go through here in New York. Yeah. Um, Damon buys in cases, so. Yeah. Strong move. Don't fuck around with split cases, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the smart move. Um, okay, so uh, which one am I tasting first? This one? Uh, well, I, you can work in any direction you want with those because they're all, they're all big and bold whiskeys. Um the seven-year rye was released in 2015. It actually won best age data rye in the world that year, with Whiskey Magazine. The world, man. Yeah. We've submitted five of these whiskeys to San Francisco Spirits Competition. Four of them won double gold. Wow, that's some strong words, man. Because those guys don't kid around out there. Yeah, that's a big. There's a lot of ex, expert panels drinking booze all day long. I've never gotten to do the San Francisco. I've done Vegas. I've done uh, New York a few times, but. San Francisco is the big one. That's the dance. That's the big dance. Yeah, that's, you know, a lot of the awards we've won, we actually left on the table, which is a true story. Um, <laughs> but uh, San Francisco is, is legit. You know, they're, they're 
whiskey professionals, spirit professionals. There's 10 people at a table. They're blind tasting. To win double gold, all 10 have to say that it's worth worthy of a gold medal. So I don't know how many times I've sat with 10 different people, and tasted the same thing, and all 10 of them were like, this is excellent. Yeah. And we've submitted four whiskeys that have accomplished that. So Yeah. That's a big hill to climb. Yeah, man. Um Good stuff. Uh, so I'm gonna. So you didn't really answer me. Which one should I have? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Let's go with the rye. To drink whiskey. Let's let's go with the rye. So this is a seven year barrel proof rye. You're sitting at like 122 to 124, depending on the batch. Those are all nine barrel batches on the those cash strength whiskeys. Ooh, it's warm. Kind of got a little brininess to it. Yeah. Let me help you get that. Ooh. We're sharing glasses. Yeah, we don't have enough glasses today. (laughs) I brought too much whiskey. (laughs) Or just enough. (laughs) We'll find out. Um, So, yeah, thanks, man. You catching that? Well, I don't want, don't want your opinion. You you, you pray. It's the greatest whiskey ever. Firmed up your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) According to San Francisco. You getting that? Any kind of brine or am I crazy? Yeah. This crazy weather's got my sinuses acting up, but I feel like I get a little brininess, like almost. I can see some salinity, yeah. 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 For sure. A little pickly. Delicious. It's hot, too. Hot. It's it's really, really, really dry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what was it? Super dry. dry. That was, uh, one. Holy shit. That's 122.6 proof. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) That explains the. Very dry back palate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're telling I'm, us... But, but it's making me feel pretty good, man. Just, hey, just is, is, it, yeah, is it welcoming you back to yeah. the world? All right. It's normal. Normal again. Uh, anybody show up after you posted that photo on Instagram of you lying in front of the fireplace without <laughs> your shirt on like a young Burt Reynolds? <laughs> a more majestic Burt Reynolds. All you were missing was like, you needed like a rose. Uh, I, I had a little... T- you can't really tell. I had a little pink, I saw that in your hand, but I couldn't flower. tell what it was. <laughs> I was going to go get some roses, but I was like, you know what? I've already walked into work on day off in the blizzard. So, yeah, I got like 400 likes on that. I saw a lot of <laughs> likes and comments. I comment, I said Jesus, hoping people would either think I was saying Jesus or I was saying, oh, look, it's Jesus. No. Um, <laughs> I left it open-ended for the, for the reader. <laughs> so you've given us a pretty good amount of history about um, whiskey uh, and your, your brand in particular. I think we should take a quick break, and when we come back, you have some history of your own that's related directly to whiskey. Do you not? A few generations, yeah. Yeah. So cool, let's, man. Uh, let's take a quick break, hear about some milk and cheese, and then <laughs> uh, we'll come right back and talk more about whiskey. All right. Today's program is brought to you by the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Wisconsin produces the world's best cheese, period. Why? Lush grasslands, glacial water supply, fourth-generation cheesemakers, combining old-world tradition with the new ideas and highest standards. The very best milk. What do you think of when you think of Wisconsin cheese? For me, I think cheese curds, delicious fresh cheese curds, or deep-fried cheese curds. Cheese curds literally any way, any time, any place. I think about Andy Hatch and Upland's Cheese Company, the operation behind the Pleasant Ridge Reserve cheese that's literally America's most awarded cheese. 
I think of the deliciously stinky Limburger and its long-storied history. I think about Raleigh's Dumbarton Blue, a perfect blend of English-style cheddar and notes of blue. I think of Emmy Roth's Grand Cru Chirchois, which was named 2016's World Champion at the World Championship Cheese Contest. Wisconsin is like the world champion of cheese, and once you start reading the list of cheeses made in Wisconsin on their website, you can see why. The Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board is a nonprofit organization funded entirely by Wisconsin's dairy farm families. Read more at eatwisconsincheese.com. And as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, eat Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. Wisconsin cheese. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they wear those cheddar hats. <laughs> Get it right up next to the brain. <laughs> um, That's cheesy. I'm sorry. That was a cheesy joke. Um, <laughs> you guys are nuts. <laughs> Speaking of nuts, yeah, we just tasted this one. Which one was this? The straight bourbon whiskey at 110.6 proof. Nine-year-aged. Um, creamy texture. Tastes like peanuts and peanut butter. Like, amazing. The, I mean, all of these barrel-proof whiskeys are so easy to drink, and I... <laughs> <laughs> coming from the mouth of a professional whiskey drinker. <laughs> all, these, all these way plus 100 proof things are super easy to drink. <laughs> I mean, I might be a little uh, exposed to, to drinking whiskey neat. But seasoned. Yeah. yeah. Let's say seasoned. Seasoned is better. Um, but I also do taste thousands of people on these whiskeys across the whiskey shows. And not everyone is so uh, open to overproof whiskey, but I almost never have to give people water. Which I think is a sign of not only quality but also approachability, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a. That, that, I'd say that's a good sign for for approachability. Oftentimes, people want that water to cool down that heat, a couple drops to open up some more aromas. Um, but the stories that I'm interested in, I'm interested in these whiskey stories too. Don't get me wrong. Um, let's talk about your. Is it your great grandfather? Great great. No, how many greats? Uh, direct grandfather. Just your grandfather. Yeah. This is the guy you were telling me about. So this wasn't during Prohibition. This was just he was making whiskey for himself and selling it without paying taxes. Um, so my grandfather was... That's, uh, that's a moonshiner. That's, he, he was that's the he definition was, of a moonshiner. He was a moonshiner and bootlegger. He is a folk legend in uh, Nelson County, which is essentially Bargetown, Kentucky. And that he is the only bootlegger to drive around Springfield or Nelson County Courthouse on two wheels and not break a bottle. On two wheels. Now, the first time I heard this story, I was like, oh, the motorcycling bootlegger. And then Joe's like, no, man. No. He's in a car. So <laughs> if you've been to Central Kentucky, most of the courthouses are in the center of the town, and there's a circle that you drive around sure, in order of to course. branch out. Picture um, Mayberry in your mind. He yeah. drove around said circle on two wheels with a car full of moonshine running from the police. Didn't break a bottle. Eventually was caught up with. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Which is how we know the bottles weren't broken, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> they were inventoried by the police soon thereafter. <laughs> um, so that's like the folk legend part. And then the, the quantifiable part is that he was arrested three times before he was 18 for untaxed whiskey production. <laughs> and uh, he was caught five times. I call that an entrepreneur, a young man with a lot of gumption starting his own yeah, business. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the first time he was arrested I'd was invest in that. a 150-gallon still at 15 years old. Wow. <laughs> and uh, how does what does the law do to a 15 year old? Nothing. At that time. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. Bust up the still. That's why ba it's smart to start then. Uh, yeah. Basically, they um, I think that's how it was. Start Someone coached him into starting so young so that he could not have real consequence <laughs> um, until he was 18. And then he definitely 
definitely spent some time um, on vacation. Sure. Working for the state or yeah. at college. Yeah. That's what my <laughs> grandfather called it. <laughs> he, was, he was working for the state of Louisiana for four years. Um, I, think, I, I think my favorite story he's ever told me, though, because, like, you know, we've got the newspaper article framed in his house, and I never really read, or I guess I never read it knowing what I know now about whiskey production, and I, I came back to him and I said, really, 150 gallons still? Like, you had 100 barrels of beer? when you were 18 and he said well that wasn't the biggest still they caught me with that's just the biggest one they arrested me with and uh <laughs> apparently he was running a 200 gallon still and um he had a kind of a kind of a waterfall on a creek where he was using the fresh water and there was an opening and he would practice jumping through that opening and able there was a field on the other side he would practice running through that jumping through that opening in case he was caught and he got caught and was able to make it through there and then the police officer was a little larger <laughs> and uh he said he ran for 20 miles without looking back i don't know if that's sometimes he exaggerates <laughs> that's, that's near a marathon that's that's six miles short of a marathon uh it's that's you know country truce of course yeah <laughs> um but yeah no and then uh he Went on to create a demolition company. He still won't tell me his mash bill to this day, even though I can have it legally made and, and <laughs> produced. But he says I'll get in trouble. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, not, maybe not with the law, but maybe with whoever gave him the bill, right? So, Yeah, that's also true. Mm-hmm. Um, we're definitely... Maybe he doesn't have the rights to that bill. In uh, central Kentucky, which... <laughs> bill, bill of hey, rights. listen. <laughs> is, is a very loyal place, for sure, so... Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, third time of being arrested now as an adult. Then he spent some time working for the yeah. state. Then they never went back to it that uh, we know of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he still calls me to this day when there's a uh, property that's having an estate sale that used to have a still on it. So he's it's still in his heart, and you can tell. But uh, he he went full scale demolition business after that. Hmm. It's crushing. Crushing cars instead of crushing bottles. I guess so. Still, <laughs> still holds that title as the the two two what they call him two, two wheel bootlegger. bootlegger. That's awesome. That's a great Amazing. story. <laughs> and it's great that he's still around. I, when you told me the story, I just assumed it was a couple greats ago, and he, this guy was probably in his grave. But no, he's still alive. Yeah, no, it, it was. Uh, it wasn't even in the twenties or anything. It was, it was just a way to make money for his family. Um, our his mother was a hundred percent Sue. Um, Native American, and I don't know much about his father. So he, he wasn't running from from anti. Uh, he wasn't running from the Volstead Act. He was running from revenues. Yeah, he was running from tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't about prohibition at all. It was, it was well passed. Oh, this is all about making money for the family. Yeah, wow. amazing. We, there's one whiskey we haven't tried. Oh yeah, sorry. <clears throat> That's a great story, man. Last one on the bill here. We got <laughs> uh, the nine year age straight high rye bourbon, clocking in at one hundred and nine point two proof. And yes, I got to go to work right after this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be uh, shaking the dust off at yeah, Damon's man. Bar, working mm. happy hour for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, that's going to be fun to behold. Yeah, yeah. So Joe's going to be at Grand Army tonight uh, in just a couple hours from 5 to 7, shaking up Redemption Rye cocktails. And, so and stirring, I hope. Yeah. Definitely stirring. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't leave you out there. But. All right, thanks, man. Um we, we did one stirred for you, and then we did a, a tiki riff for the guys from last week. So, Oh, nice. The team from... Oh, my gosh. And I, Well, you wouldn't have been able to make it anyway. Sounds like you went to a game, but I, I was, was going to go after. Oh, yeah? 
Yeah, Exotica. I don't know if the listeners found it out the hard way, but it ended up getting canceled due to the snowstorm. The, the the band that they were anticipating greatly got grounded in L.A., so couldn't fly out here. Um, so that's a bummer. But it'll be the what is that? The second Tuesday of every month, yeah. starting now. So you can still go check out check that out in the slowly surely downstairs of the happiest hour. This whiskey is my favorite of all of them. You reckon? Might this as well. One, this one has a lot of tea-like flavors, I guess. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I like it. You do love tea. It's weird. I and love you, tea. And when's the last time you had a nice glass of iced tea? Um, it's been the like last, a year. The last day of Tales of the Cocktail. Oh, yeah. I stopped drinking caffeine that day. So uh, this one, yeah, this one's ringing your bells. It's yeah. got a lot of, like, pico and orange tea notes. Yep. This one, I think, has the most complexity of all of them. Um, it's warm. <laughs> It just con- and it, as you drink it, it just continues to build and, and add layers. And uh, tea's a great, a great linear note for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to this one for a little bit. I'm right. hanging on to them all. I gotta go to work. <laughs> you sure you don't want the creamy peanut butter yeah, whiskey? Yeah, give me that one back. <laughs> <laughs> peanut butter. It's not infused. <laughs> no, we don't. It's we not don't fat washed peanuts. We, we don't do any flavoring or any, any of that. Uh, it just has those notes, like, oh, and that is a bell ringer for me, as you guys know. One of my favorite whiskeys promotes a lot of that flavor. Even the even the rye is produced as a standard of bourbon, so there's no caramel or anything, no additives whatsoever. Cool, man. Well, congratulations on the packaging change. Yeah, looks beautiful, man. Bottle looks great. Yeah, um, you know, we even, I have we to, even I kept have to it in-house. That, I have to is, assume this bottle's not going to break as often as the other one did. That was Because that the, other one had a weird shoulder, and I figure if it's in your rail, as yeah. you're parking something next to it at speed, you're probably clipping that shoulder pretty often. Yep. The, the biggest um, criticism of the old bottle from bartenders was the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. It also would get top-heavy if it were low. Yeah. I was swinging it all the way Yeah, up. so... Uh, we made it a little more stout, a little softer, sh- rounded edge on the shoulder, uh, flask shape, so it's still easy to hold, and then uh, the lip, so that you can pick it up from a low well with two fingers, was, yeah. was pretty key. So we wanted it to be more functional for bartenders, but also uh, something that the consumer would recognize as a whiskey bottle. Yeah. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that weird that we have these like preconceived notions? But yes, you're right. This looks more like a whiskey bottle. That's, I mean, dude, it's, you know, I come from a uh, graphic design background, so I, I consider that in everything, you know, and like, and as someone who is a buyer for the bar, you know, it's like, I also want it to, you know, we work really hard curating the design of our bar uh, and interior design and all the stuff. It's like, you know, the bottles are part of that. Yeah. There, like- there are definitely some spirits I don't, that I like and I don't carry because I don't like their packaging. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. I'm not. I, I will not. We'll talk about. I that know later. you're not going to divulge it on the air. I'm not going to ask you. But like seriously, so you're saying you'll forego? It will sway me. You'll yeah. forego the candy inside based on the wrapper. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. There's a lot of candy out there these days. Yeah, that's true. There is, I guess. You changed the label too, right? That's not how it used to look. Yeah. So um, I do we, like the label. Uh, we used to have the kind of story of rye whiskey on the back of the label on the old package now this is everything's up front on the on the front that we're trying to bring rye back mm-hmm. to its prominence from uh early america but um it is also like a leather texture it looks really cool oh yeah yeah if the listeners want to yeah if the listeners want to learn more about it can they can you give them the website uh redemptionwhiskey.com cool all right, man. Yeah, and uh, if you want to learn more about it on your tongue, just head straight over to Grand Army tonight at 5 o'clock. 
Yeah. Watch Joe struggle to bartend. When's the last time you bartended? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, you know, bartending is a big word. Uh, so I've done a lot of 4,000 person events where I made cocktails in a food safe bucket and, um, <laughs> your bucket of rye. Um, you know, so I, I made big, large batch cocktails for large events and, you know, I know how to manicure 4,000 lemon peels and keep them fresh for whatever. But this will be the first time like behind the bar, taking orders, making stuff, in a strange space in probably a year and a half. Nice. Yeah. Trial by, oh, you'll be fine. It's like right Trial by fire. Yeah, no, it's mostly like where is the ice scoop? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, 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 you're right. It's all mechanical as soon as you can figure out where the pieces are. Yeah. Uh, I, I jumped behind that bar once and had a great time. It's it's awesome. You're going to have fun. It's, it's really classic. Plus, this, is the, I mean, this is the like... Literally, this is not only the time of year. This is the day of year to be over there. Some snow on the ground. People coming in. I'm sure you got fires that fire roaring. Yeah, it, such it, a cozy fucking that place. Instagram from yesterday is any indication. <laughs> I love someone's comment was like, "Oh, you're missing Zabarski and Rug, <laughs> dude." Well, you know that happened just like on the fly, so I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to set design <laughs> like I wanted to. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Joe in front of the fireplace. It was tonight. still perfect. Yeah. That would be a much different picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shirt off, some short shorts on. Yeah, <laughs> Cool, man. Well, that's it for the speakeasy this week. Thanks yeah. again to Joe Riggs from Redemption Whiskey to come for coming on the show today. Uh, I can't believe you haven't been on before. That's kind of... Well, we, that's, we know, tried I, to get I, him on for weeks, but we kept having... Yeah. One reason or another, we got postponed a bunch of times. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, it's all good. Um, Happy to be here yeah, now. Finally got you on, got some good stories out of you, and drinking some good whiskey as well. Absolutely. Uh, did next week come, come through? Something happened? I can't remember. Is it Bull in China or no? I think they are booked. We'll, right. we'll figure it out. So, <laughs> so tune in next week for a great show. We don't know who the guest is going to be yet, but it's going to be awesome because it always is. Um, yeah. yeah let's, cool. Till next week, I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. And thanks for listening to the Speakeasy. Thanks, Cheers, gang. guys. Cheers, guys. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's going to save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.